where everything just seems to be malfunctioning at every any given time because the world as we know it is in shambles. Welcome, listeners, to Podcast of One Day. Hello, assorted everyone's here. Hey guys, how is it going? Uh, nice, cool, big life changes happening for me for hopefully for the better. Either way, uh, yeah. That makes hey, one of us. Here's hoping. Yeah, I got a new job that'll be starting in like two weeks. Are you free of the rainbow-colored bird, perhaps? I've been free of the rainbow-colored bird for like a year and a half. Oh. Where have I been, then? Yeah, yeah, this is another company, which I will type... I will type the company to you. You might recognize the name. Can't say I do, but I hear they have things, so, uh, yeah. You would be correct. I'm gonna be working from home now, which is exciting, meaning my actual work desk for podcasts is going to just be my work desk. Pro tip, get yourself a uh, monitorizer. It'll help. Uh, we actually already do have a monitorizer. I also have my um, anime girl mouse booba pad ready to go <laughs> that nobody in the fucking Zoom calls ever going to see. Ah, oh, fantastic. <laughs> I just I just uh, got a monitorizer myself from Target. It only cost me 20 bucks, and it does the job. So, yeah, there's that. Um... It's been a week. It's been a week for various reasons. Everyone in the Florida area dealing with that monster storm. Uh, best wishes to all of you. Hope you're all you're all uh, staying safe out there. Everybody, please stay wherever, safe. Wherever you are, wherever you may be, as long as everybody uh, dealing with the remnants of that. Jesus, criminy. Also, Duels is not here. Best wishes to him. He's going through shit right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hoping to get better for you, buddy. Mhm. Yeah. And also, we must now pour one out for uh, Jet's trusty snowball, Mike. It finally died today. My condolences yeah. to you, man. Uh, yeah, I uh, probably didn't have it replaced a long time ago, but uh, you know, procrastination. Yeah, I gotcha. I gotcha. Mm -hmm. You never know when things are going to. You never know when that thing that's on the edge is finally going to fall over the edge or if it's going to hold out for, like, six months longer than you'd think. Yeah, pretty much. Yep. And also, my best wishes to all of you out there for having to listen to our last show. It sounded terrible. I am sorry. I'm trying to figure this out. You're doing what you can. I thought it sounded yeah. all right. I'm still trying to dial in a, a good overall tone for how the show should sound, like subpar college radio. That's my goal. Hell yeah. Yeah, that's, that's where all the big money's at. Sure not in commercial radio. <sighs> okay, so with that, uh, we have stuff to go over for this show. Yeah, we got a kind of meaty docket to go through. And I could say I was on the ground floor for one of these events. And by ground floor, I mean I was an idiot and stayed up for a Japanese press event. We've been over this, Andrew. They're always very, um, dry. 
I oh, see it, it wasn't terrible. I feel like it was paced better than some of them, but also staying up till three in the morning is not something I'm able to do anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not very ideal. Yeah, there was a whole lot of stuff we have to get through, and just think after this, we have the fall season and New York Comic Con to talk about. Oh, okay. we are not going to survive the months. Let, let's hope that we can just make it out as best we can so that we can all uh, be rewarded for our hard work with One Piece Film Red in November. I actually also did get to see a movie myself, actually. I'm not going to talk about it very long. We do. I am looking at this doc. We do not have the time. All I'm just going to say is the film Goodbye, Don Glees. It is from the uh, staff that worked on the anime A Place Further Than the Universe doing a feature film. And I've heard people say it's kind of an anime standby me, and I can kind of say that's that's pretty accurate, actually. This is a movie that's almost exclusively centered around three characters just kind of like going to find something in the woods, and it's... It's got really good characters. It's got really good, beautiful scenery. And... Uh, and yeah, the ending definitely destroyed me. <laughs> yeah, so that's about how I felt after uh, Clerks 3. I went and saw that uh, last week. Clerks 3 was a tearjerker? At the very end, yes. I, I I almost don't... I don't think you're lying to me, but I also don't believe you. Well, you you go and see it while uh, Kevin Smith's still on tour, and you'll you'll find out for yourself, is what I mean. Jesus. But yeah, uh, Don Gleese was great. Uh, major props to the entirety of that dub cast. Adam MacArthur, Nick Wolfhand, and Jonathan Leon all fucking killed it. That was... That was a pretty good pretty good movie and it made me feel things god I'm please let the place further than the universe team just do whatever the fuck they want they are good at it at this point I'm not gonna say if it's better or worse than a place further than the universe I'm just gonna say I've been very satisfied with both of their works all right, that that's a good uh, seal of approval right there. So yeah, um, movies they're they're good. Uh, as I mentioned, One Piece film right in November. That will be our reward for. Oh God, I'm not ready for October. <laughs> if you wanted a segue from my little tangent, I think Katakawa were the ones that put out um, uh, Don Glees in Japanese. Oh, goody. So, yeah, that'll lead us into our uh, main uh, items of discussion, which we'll we'll get to the big one in a moment. We'll get to that in a moment. But now we're going to start with... Uh, I'll, I'll just call it a more lighter affair. It, though that might depend on your perspective. So, Katakawa, they are a company. They are, I'm pretty sure, one of the uh, top financiers of the uh, Shill Taste podcast. And their chairman, 
Sugohiko Katakawa was arrested earlier in the month on suspicion of bribery for a member of the Tokyo 2020 Summer Olympics Organizing Committee. Oof. Oof. Oof, indeed. And we're talking almost half a million U.S. dollars. That, that is the total that Kadokawa is suspected of paying to a, con- a consultancy linked to a man named Haruyuki Takahashi, who was also arrested last month on suspicion of accepting bribes from companies to secure their sponsorship for the Olympics. Man. And the oh. donut hole gets deeper because this apparent firm belonged to one Kazumasa Fukami, who once worked with Takahashi at Dentsu before Takahashi was a part of the Olympics organizing committee, who then used some of his contacts, allegedly, at Dentsu, which the Tokyo Olympic Organizing Committee commissioned to select and handle sponsors to secure Kadokawa's position. This dates back to April of 2019 as well. Oh, this is... Yeah, that is... Yeah. And if all that isn't enough... Oh, God, there's more? Toshiyuki Yoshihara, a former executive at Katakawa, and Kyoji Maniwa, a former senior official at Katakawa, were also arrested earlier in the month as part of this scandal, which also included federal prosecutors raiding Katakawa's head office, the home of Sugohiko Katakawa, and the consulting firm. This is just a genuine, bona fide, prime beef scandal. There's one more thing, by the way. Oh, God. Fucking giving me that Columbo. Just one more thing. Just one more thing. Uh, Haruyuki Takahashi was also arrested in August on suspicion of accepting about 363,000 U.S. dollars, the equivalent, in bribes from the clothing company Alki Holdings Incorporated. Oh man, the top the top brass is just they're just all snakes. Holy shit. And, and there's also an advertising firm based out of Osaka named Daiko who has uh apparently been paying at least 14 million yen or just under a hundred thousand US dollars to uh this firm. Wow, this is just a genuine, genuine for realsy scandal. Somebody got fucked. Now, in a report from the Japan Times, uh, Sugohi Kanakawa has claimed to reporters that the money was just a consultancy fee and that there was, quote, absolutely no recognition on his part that the money constituted a bribe. (laughs) Share money. And, and, And citing a report from the NHK... Citing sources linked to this, Takahashi also denied charges of bribery, while Hironori Aoki, the founder of Aoki Holdings, did admit to it. There is an investigation going on within Katakawa, and so far that's all we know. Sounds like not everybody's got their stories straight. Oh, this is just absolutely drenched in messiness. This is... You know, I'm tired of the lack of ambiguity in some of these 
or these, ah, oh, these are shitty people, but they're not getting comeuppance. It's nice to see just a bona fide, for realsy, money laundering scandal and people getting fucked. It's nice. It's refreshing. Yeah. Fills my heart with glee. I got no loyalty to big corporations, even if they do make anime things I am quite fond of. Especially when the company's got a Especially when the company's Yeah. I have no loyalty to the brand. If only some other folks could feel the same way. Ah, oh, we will, uh... We don't, have, that. That. We don't have time to unpack all that. No, j just know that um, if a big company's paying for your plane tickets and, ho and hotel uh, accommodations, might want to think twice about picking that up. That's all I'm saying. This is going to be a very up and down night, all I'm going to say. So oh, yeah. I oh, yeah. So are we going to start on at least an upper before we go back to the downer? Yes, because we have good news and bad news as it pertains to the incoming madness of the fall season. We will start with the good news first because, yes, this is very good news. Along with the news that Chainsaw Man is going to have 12 different ending themes from the likes of Anno, Aimer, Canaria, Pseudo, Eve... Queen Bee, Zunomayo, TK from Ling, Tosite Sigure, Toboy, Vondi, People One, and Maximum the Hormone. What a fucking loaded selection yeah. of artists to make the mid 2000s AMV metalheads out there just lose their goddamn minds. We now have the English dubcast for Chainsaw Man. I have actually pulled up the listings for all four of these actors, if you Fantastic. want me. Fantastic. Fantastic. So, yes. Directed by one Mike McFarland, who, you know his work. A man who needs no introduction. He is probably, at this point, the most veteran director still working at Funimation. Um, okay, yes, it's Crunchyroll. I'm not going to call it Crunchyroll Dallas. I'm just going to call it Funimation for the sake of tonight's conversation to make my life and my tongue <laughs> a little bit easier. Yes. He's the guy who did Attack on Titan. He's the guy who did Blood Blockade Battlefront. He is one of the major front like spearheads of the One Piece dub, among many, many, many other works. Yes. Yeah, so we have our four leads uh, for this series, and we're going to go bottom up. We're going to build up to the main guy. So, in the role of Aki, we have one Reagan Murdoch. Reagan is, I'd say, of the four here, he is the one I'd say is the most up-and-coming. But I'm very excited for him to book a role like Aki, and I'm excited for him. Uh, you will know Reagan Murdoch as characters such as Rufus Glenn in Mars Red, Erhart Hawk in The Saints Magic Power is Omnipotent and Supreme Leader Bossler in Love After World Domination. Yep. As Power, 
what a fantastic name that is. If only it, if only it, it was the power, then Mordecai would love it. We have Sarah Wiedenheft. Mm. Sarah fucking Wiedenheft. What a interesting choice, but what a fun one too. Sarah Wiedenheft, you'll know as Toru from Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid, Charmy from Black Clover, Suika from Dr. Stone, and let's get one more good one in. Uh, Jet, hit me with something for Sarah. Um, oh, man, I'm actually blacking right now. Oh, um, Alice from Alice and Zoroku. Oh, good choice, good choice. Alice and Zoroku is a fun one. Yeah, so this is going to be a fun one for Sarah in particular. I'm very excited for this. Mm-hmm. Very good. As Makima, we have one Susie Young. Susie Young, you will know as Vladalina Milize from 86. Sumi Sakurasawa from Rent-A-Girlfriend. Yuri Honjo from High Rise Invasion. And what's one more good one for Susie in particular? Um, uh, Josie in Josie, the Tiger, and the Fish. Very good. And as the main boy Denji, Ryan Colt Levy. I'm so, so fucking stoked and so happy for the almost meteoric rise Ryan has had in the voice acting industry. Yeah. That dude, I was really, really impressed with his work as Andrew M. Jazz in Welcome to Demon School, Irma-kun. And he's gone on to voice a lot of other really cool, really big, and really interesting characters, including John Watson in Moriarty the Patriot, Yuri Druis in The Saint's Magic Power is Omnipotent. Um, he is the voice of Rongha Song in Love of Kill and Rhodey Soul in My Hero Academia, World's Heroes Mission. Yeah, uh, congrats to him on uh, getting the big one. That is quite a get. For all Mm -hmm. I can say, for all we are going to say, and trust me, we're going to say some things, about the state of affairs tonight, nothing, nothing but respect, nothing but joy, nothing but hype for Ryan as the boy Denji himself. This is a fucking great casting choice. Fantastic one, and one I was not expecting for a particular reason, which I think we should now start working yeah. on. Yeah, so everyone seems to be, for the most part, happy about this. This is a really cool thing. The Chainsaw Man dub will premiere at New York Comic Con next week, so if you're going there, look out for that. This is very good. It's a very good thing. It's still unknown whether it's going to be like a same-day simuldub thing, but at least the first episode of the English dub will be done and ready to view, at least at New York Comic Con. We'll see if the same can be said same time as the Japanese premiere. Yeah. TV. Okay. So yeah, everyone's happy about that, right? Time to come crashing down to our terrible goddamn reality. Okay, so... So, this all began with a YouTube video from Kyle McCarley. A YouTube video which, at the time of this recording, we, we are recording on Tuesday, the 27th of September. This broke 
one week ago from yes. the Daimler recordings. The main quote of that video is, quote, It has been made abundantly clear to me that in the case of Season 3 of Mob Psycho 100, Crunchyroll is not going to be producing that show on a SAG-AFTRA contract. So, it's a almost five... It's an almost five-minute video, but there's at least a couple of notable pointers in particular. Basically, the fact that the cast were, of course, going to be asked to reprise and return for the roles and the characters, but Kyle and a number of members of that cast were having discussions about the possibility of getting that show a union contract, because Crunchyroll has gotten bigger, and it is indeed, like, a popular show, very popular dub, with the conversation that they had some leverage and some pull to it. So, they were trying to have some negotiations. Negotiations weren't particularly solid. It eventually led to a point where Kyle McCarley basically had a, um, almost like a compromise. He's like, I am willing to let it slide and work on Mob Psycho Season 3 non-union. I'm more than happy to do the project non-union on the condition that you have a sit-down conversation with members of SAG-AFTRA to potentially just sit down, go over some things, maybe look into discussing some future projects that may or may not be able to be unionized dub projects in the future. That fell through, and that did not work out. I just want to mention the timeline of that is after that video went up, people were, of course, upset and hoping that enough fallout would be able to make things work out. I would say that... That was definitely a frustrating couple of hours, but a lot of pushback. I would say there was a lot of pushback and there was a lot of conversations, but I feel like those conversations, if there was no official comment, would probably have maybe only lasted like a couple of days, maybe like three. Then came the official comment courtesy of a reply to the Kotaku article, which picked because this whole thing picked up a lot of steam online. The comment that was given to Kotaku about the state of affairs on the Mob Psycho 100 dub situation and the possibility of Kyle McCarley not going to be able to return for Mob is maybe as boneheaded and unable to read the room as I have ever seen a press release from Crunchyroll. It's it's kind of astounding. Yeah, so, yes. Crunchyroll sent a statement to Kotaku as this was, you know, gathering some traction, and the statement said the following. This is a, just a verbatim quote. Crunchyroll is excited to bring fans worldwide the dub for the third season of Mob Psycho 100 as a simul dub the same day and day as the Japanese broadcast. We'll be producing the English dub at our Dallas production studios, and to accomplish this seamlessly per our production and casting guidelines, 
we will need to recast some roles. We're excited for fans to enjoy the new voice talent and greatly thank any departing cast for their contributions to previous seasons. This did not go over well. Boy, howdy, was that stupid. Like, how did they they think that was going to go with people? It was not going to go well. Yeah, especially especially because the implication there is not simply that Kyle would be replaced, more than likely, it's the entire cast. Which... In hindsight, it's probably not the whole cast, but it is basically them kind of saying, we have moved the dub over to... We have moved the dub away from Bang Zoom and are now doing it internally, and there's basically the possibility that Kyle and several other members of the cast. It's not guaranteed this is a full recast. There's probably going to be a couple of people that are still going to do the Mob Psycho dub no matter what. Okay, 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 see, here's the thing, and I hate to be full, and I hate to be like a conspiracy theorist, but here's the thing. All of that is assuming that Crunchyroll did not lie when they said that. Which, unfortunately, there is a very real possibility they did lie with that. Because, um, as of, because as of right now, uh, there is a CBA date for, uh, the Bob Psycho dub, so, uh, and that's supposed to be the same day, uh, that looks good right now. There is probably the possibility that production has at least started and that it is at least ongoing, but this has not gone well for them. I would, in fact, say this has gone as poorly as anything could go for them, in fact. Yeah, it it has not been, uh, it has not been a very good week for. Well, let, let's just be honest. The Crunchyroll social media intern, who is completely innocent in all this, but we have no other way to really voice our disapproval of the situation other than is by getting absolutely fucked. Yes. Yeah, we know you're innocent. We know you had nothing to do with this. We don't know what else to do. The fucked up part is that there are so many people at Crunchyroll who probably are not into all of the things that have been going on lately that kind of just have to keep their heads down and shut up because oh man this is this sucks now when this all started breaking out the 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 assumed reasoning is that this has to have been a call from way high up aka Sony folks. However, I have I, there's something in here that might disprove that because according to Kyle McCarley, a lot of these requests were sent to Crunchyroll and specifically to Justin Cook, the head of what is basically the the Dallas operations production. Yeah, along with uh, Rahul Purini, the head president of Crunchyroll, along with uh, the company's chief content officer, chief people officer, chief operating officer. And yeah, so far it, it, it's all been uh, no dice. Let's, let's, bring, let's get something clear right now as we continue this conversation. This is not about the money. No, it's not. This actually is not about the money. Because he was act because they actually were willing to offer him way more than a usual rate for this, and he very and he specifically turned that down because he 
wanted to bad, you know, make sure bad actors after him could maybe get a better job in terms of the old beauty and Majora still refused. It's it's not about them not having the money. I feel like that's sort of a uh, misinterpretation of the conversation is people assuming Crunchyroll is being cheap right now. If anything, Crunchyroll is willing to pay the union rate or maybe even more. They're not wanting to touch the union with a 10-foot pole. Not even willing to humor it. To the point that like he literally was just like, just have a meeting with representatives of SAG-AFTRA. Just have a meeting. Doesn't even need to be anything. Like, here's the thing. It's like, 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 even just thinking about it, I remember reading Ben Diskin's thread where it's like, this could have been so fucking easy. They could have literally just had a sit-down meeting, had them talk to them for, like, an hour or two, and, like, mentally zone out as they're, like, thinking about, like, tits or something, and then have just gone to Kyle be like, I mean, we tried to work something out, but honestly, I just don't think this is going to work out. But, hey, a deal's a deal. You said you'd work this non-union if we met with them, and we met with them. Uh, we'll see you on Monday. <sighs> they didn't even fucking do that. Yeah, and uh, now it's public for all to see, and uh, when we say all to see, uh, it's gained quite a bit of traction. It, it's getting them heat, and it's... We're, I'm not going to lie and say it hasn't slowed down. Of course it has. But people are still going. Yeah, uh, people are still going. Uh, some notable... Uh, some notable big... Uh, it, some notable days in the bio industry have take a note of this. Uh, notably big folks like Bob Bergen. Uh, the Porky Pig, and who was basically one of the... How do I describe this? Um, We are no longer just in the anime circle anymore. This news is no longer in just the context of being within the anime community, the voice acting community. This is... This is outside of that now. It's like you you know how like the the sailors pick up the kids from Lord of the Flies and like finally are seeing what it what they look like on the outside to the rest of the world. That's kind of what's happening here. Uh, yeah, and uh, the most notable, uh, the most notable eyes on this whole thing, SAG AFTRA themselves. Yeah, SAG AFTRA themselves. So, I don't think this is at a point anymore where they can just continue to ignore this. They can try. I don't think continuing to ignore this or to pretend that there can't or shouldn't be a conversation is an option anymore. Because this is only going to snowball. And I'm just going to make peace with the fact that whatever the case is with the Mob Psycho 100 Season 3 dub... It's not even really about that anymore. Yeah, I kind of made my peace with the fact that that is probably dead and settled. 
It's done and settled, probably. And I'll, I'm just going to say this right now. There's a lot of egos going on about what's going to happen. The anger should not be at the ire of any of the original cast that decided to work the dub either way. The ire should not be at anybody who is going to replace them in the dub, especially who is going to take on the role of mop. I know there's going to be a lot of people that are going to have to deal with that, and a lot of people won't be happy. They are not the problem. The person that is going to step in for mob or any of these characters is not at fault. The fuckers at top who decided to not even humor this and have let this snowball to an aggressive, uncontrollable proportion that now their whole ass is on the world to display and it's going to continue to get worse if they're not even willing to even negotiate any sort of contract. It doesn't even need to be every single fucking show. It could just be a few of them. Yeah, literally just like two or three shows a season they could see that it would solve the problem. Literally, the rest of them could be internally within Dallas. And, but actually, you know what? Let's go back to Chainsaw Man for a second because guess what? The whole conversation about wanting to work with the original cast or it's like we want to keep everything in house guess what chainsaw man reagan and sarah Weed and Hep are based out of dallas ryan and Susie are california and uh also you know i mean you've got stuff like my hero where they pretty you've got my hero academia You've got My Hero Academia, where it's just a whole fucking smorgasbord of people. You've got several shows that might as well just already be hybrids because they have to continue to be hybrids because of the people working on the fucking dubs. And guess what? Mob Psycho 100 isn't the only show that had previously been dubbed in Los Angeles or California. To Your Eternity Season 2. Welcome to Demon School Irma-kun Season 3. Berserk the Golden Age Memorial Edits, which... That, that's admittedly a whole other conversation. But that's at least two other shows where it's like... It was pretty... It, prior seasons, it's like, okay, they're just going to go back to the original studio, and that's just going to be a California dub. We don't know if that's going to be the case anymore. We don't know if... They said... They said now... Mob is a Dallas dub. Which, why is it a Dallas dub now? Because they wanted to do it same day and date? That doesn't quite make sense because, like, fucking Rent-A-Girlfriend was relatively soon in. If anything, Mob getting moved to Dallas feels like a fucking punishment for retaliating. Yeah, because, again, the thing to keep in mind is there's a specific statement of, oh, we're doing the same day and date date for the fans. And, uh... Fan outcry is pretty clear that they would have preferred the original cast, so, uh, yeah, uh, you're sure not doing this for the fans, buddy. None of this is for the fans. Fans win was how this whole fucking merger was started. It's never about the fucking fans. And guess what? I decided to take a look. Because those, I just listed the shows for the immediate season. Let us take a look at every single show... Because this is not a problem that's going to be going away. 
they're going to pretend it's going to be a problem that's going to go away. But guess what? A lot of the LA actors that work with them, that want to work with them, are now getting really fucking burned by this and feeling really upset because rightful reasons. Here's what's going to be... Here are some of the shows that could potentially have some California cast members in a mostly Dallas show or be a completely Dallas... uh, Here's a list of shows I wrote down that are going to be full of potential California-based actor reprisals where this will have to be something to be addressed for those shows in particular if they are licensed. This is all just 2023 as far as I can say as far as I can see by the way. Boom Go Stray Dogs season 4. Don't toy with me Miss Nagatoro second attack. Inspector season 2. The Vampire Dies in No Time season 2. Tokyo Revengers Christmas Showdown Arc Attack on Titan The Final Season Part 3 for real this time Jujutsu Kaisen Season 2 Konosuba An Explosion on This Wonderful World Ranking of Kings The Treasure Chest of Courage The Legend of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel Northern War The Saint's Magic Power is Omnipotent and potentially even Trigun Stampede 2 And uh, you know that's also not and uh, also, you know, while we don't have anything immediate on the horizon of that end, uh, there's always a looming giant that is more Dragon Ball. You can't put your fucking head in the sand after all of this has come out now. You can't sit here and pretend this isn't going to happen. And the fucked up part is we don't know when they're going to change it or when things are going to get better. Because all we can do is just kind of yell and hope for the best. And, like, some people are canceling their, like, crunchy rolls or whatever, but I'm going to be honest, I'm not really in a position where that's an option for me anymore. I do this podcast. I do dub talk. I can't really do a boycott like that and hit them where it hurts because I don't have that luxury. A lot of... This is what happens when you are as big as you are with Crunchyroll. You can kind of just do things that make people upset and get away with it. You can make a shittier service. You can get rid of free viewing. You can get... You can just up your prices in several regions for a fucking worse service. You can continue to not fix things that people have been yelling at to fix for a while. I'm going to be optimistic and say, I think Pandora's box is open and we are going to get some results out of this whole debacle. I think it's frustrating I'm not also I'm not even going to pretend that SAG after is a perfect company or system or whatever. It's clear there's a lot of unknowns and there's a lot of frustrations especially in regards to people who are w- working remotely and working on SAG union projects. Things that should be simple aren't always so simple and there's a lot of confusing conflicting information being passed around. But the thing is It is the responsibility of the parties in charge to come together and clear up those misgivings, have these conversations, and work something out. 
And the fact that one party is actively, actively refusing to even humor the concept of anything with the union, even if it's just like one project, is so fucking disappointing and frustrating. Okay, so uh, the summation of all this is that Crunchyroll has not been making the most popular decisions lately, and I don't think anybody really knows why. Like, not just this. There's been a lot that Crunchyroll has been doing that I would say is just... Why are you doing this? There's this. There's their new... AVOD policy in regards to whatever is being available for free or being paywalled at any given time. Then there's the fact that they've all but just thrown away a 22-year partnership with Cartoon Network for Toonami recently. Just gone. Don't need it. We have our own thing we can make money off of. We don't need television. (sighs) No, nobody likes this. Nobody's happy about this. The fact that we have people, albeit in a in a rightful manner, defending Netflix for doing the basic fucking minimum in regards to all this, that's a bad sign. That's a really bad sign. And it's not that Crunchyroll is... It's not like they're struggling for money. All the movies that have been put out recently, you know, Mugen Train... World Heroes Mission, Shoots Kaisen Zero, Dragon Ball Super, Superhero. These movies make tens of millions of dollars. How much do the actors get? Fucking peanuts. This is a bad look. This is a very bad look. Just all, all across the board. Like, everything that's been going on this year is just... Yeah, and, uh, <sighs> I, yeah, and I know we've been... Uh talking about the voice actors specifically, but uh, as always, they need to be trained and translators about better, too. Yes. This is... Everybody deserves to be getting better. People were let go and wet... People from, like, both companies were fucking let go and fired for... and went down in their rates, especially their Funimation translators, which were paid better. It's like you're either going to get your cut go down or leave, as what happened for the case of Katrina. Henry Gota may have done a lot of things wrong, but he knew how to pay people who worked on DVDs. Just ask Mike Tool about that. It's fucked up that, like, I am now actively rooting for Anaplex of America picking things because you actually will get union dubs out of them now. Yeah. What a world. Can't fucking pay for a fucking Blu-ray, but at least the people who work on it are going to get paid, which is cool. We're in a very, very strange, awful spot right now because, hey, uh, Crunchyroll, you have money. You have money to pick up all this stuff. You have money to buy right stuff. You have money to lease out private space in a shopping mall in San Francisco on Market Street, which is not cheap, by the way, for your offices. Pay the people who work for you what they're owed. A living fucking wage. The people that work for you and make your company are the people that love anime, that make anime special, that know what it can be. And you can't continue to treat the people who love this medium, who love the things they do and work on, 
like they can get fucking cheaped out because of the things they love. People need to live. If you want them to live, if you want them to keep working with you, and if you want to keep having these fucking relationships, treat them better. Yeah, pretty much that. Well, I'll just save one thing and then we'll move on. In regards to the sale, it, it had to happen. Crunchyroll had to get out of Warner Media, especially since um, there is a class action lawsuit happening against Warner Brothers Discovery for um, yeah, uh, falsifying information to investors. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sincerely hope all of y'all are having a better night than David Zaslav right now. Uh, fuck that and guy. Fucked, best man. Yeah, it really is fucked up that I'm at this point where it's like, everything that is happening to Crunchyroll under new management right now sucks so fucking much. Yet it is somehow still a better alternative than continuing to be under WarnerMedia. Yeah. (sighs) That fucked up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The only thing I just want to agree with I do not envy the position that Kyle McCarley has put himself into. This is as risky a circumstance any actor could ever find themselves in. And I kind of admire everybody that is standing with him and everybody who... And for him even doing this, I think this everything that's happening with the state of the Mob Psycho dub right now sucks so much... I think we needed this to even have this conversation. Yeah. We needed something to break the camel's back. I hate how it had to be this, and I hate now that the final season of, like, genuinely one of the most incredibly made, beloved anime in recent years, its final season kind of now feels like a fucking bummer. Which sucks because they were literally just snowballing with free advertising off Reagan winning awards on Twitter he didn't deserve. And now Crunchyroll is actively pretending that they don't have Mob Psycho 100. Guess what? When they did their seasonal thing and they posted tweets for every single show, they conveniently left out Mob Psycho 100. And they thought people wouldn't notice. Everyone noticed. Yeah, this is all public knowledge now, or as public as you know, internet spaces can be, and um, there's no going back from it. Uh, yeah, because uh, it might be quiet now, but I mean, uh, they're going to have to put that dub up eventually. Yeah, and I'm are. not, I'm not going to fucking take it on the cast. I'm not going to take it on anybody who did come back for the dub, despite the failed negotiation for Union. I'm not going to hold it against them. I'm not going to hold it against whoever is going to replace the role of Mob or anybody else who fills in for other roles. None of that is on them. All of that should be at those fuckers at the top who let it get this bad. Exactly. Yep. I just hope everybody agrees. Yeah. All right. We are very deep into the show. We've only talked about three things. Good Lord. 
Okay, let's let's just carry on and um let's talk a little bit about this Anaplex online fest thing that happened recently. Okay, God, okay, we're starting with this. All right. I yeah. stayed up for this. <laughs> that was your mistake. It was. It was kind of cool because there was one thing in particular I was waiting for because I was hearing rumors from the grapevine. I did stay up for this. It was kind of a mistake, but it was actually kind of interesting to see this. There was some cool things announced. I got to see a couple of cool trailers and got some information live. There's also one extremely frustrating thing, but I did stay up for it. It felt like it actually moved a lot faster than some of the other press release things. I'm glad I, I chose to stay up for this one and not Netflix's To Dumb. We'll get into that. <laughs> yeah, so as we're going to run down uh, all this stuff here. Uh, to note, Aniplex is you know, more than just a licensor, and you know they are, they are also a subsidiary producer of some shows. Yes, they're producing the Berserk Golden Age Arc TV uh, edit, and they are producing Bleach, Thousand Year Blood War. They're also producing the Urusei Yatsura series that's premiering in a couple of weeks. And we heard where it will be available. It'll be available in, uh, Billy, on Billy Billy in uh, the Chinese market. And over here on High Dive. I love that the first place this news finally broke was at 1.45 in the fucking morning on a Japanese press event. Yeah, yeah, so, uh, yeah, so on the whole, I'm not, like, terribly surprised it ended up on High Dive, like, uh, like, Crunchyroll had said nothing about it, and it seemed like a big enough thing where if they did have it, they would have likely signed something by now, because that's just kind of the way how they do things. It's also pretty clear that they have a good relationship with Fuji TV in particular again, because of a couple of the previous, like, Netflix Fuji TV things, as well as them getting last season's Call of the Night. So it was definitely a possibility. Yeah, I was thinking it was going to be either them or Netflix. It wasn't Netflix, it wasn't Viz, and it wasn't even Crunchyroll because they didn't announce it at the beginning of their seasonals. We now know it's Sentai and High Dive. Yep. Those Saul Goodman checks keep on rolling. Yeah, uh, definitely very interesting that this was announced at an Anaplex event, though. It was pretty wild. But yeah, um... Well, the good news is if they dub this, they don't have to worry about cast consistency. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, try to think who they should cast as well, not a that type pool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Christina Kelly? Maybe? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Brittany Kowalski seems too easy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it'll be able to cast it on High Dive. It'll be airing. It'll start airing in October. It, uh, yeah, looks like it'll be a lot of fun. Also, just because it's not, you don't have this one listed. I want to at least throw this one quickly. They actually had a little thing called All Saint Street, which is like a was like a Chinese Donghua animation thing that it got announced to be getting a Japanese dub. At that event, where it's going to star uh, Daiki Yamashita, Kaito Ishikawa, and uh, God, who, why am I blanking on the third one? Uh, 
big big seiyus play in this cute little show which is basically demons angels and monsters all living together as roommates cool. and it looks very cute and it's confirmed to be airing on crunchyroll in november which wanted to give a shout out or not really a shout out that seems like the wrong word acknowledge the acknowledged western international element of this event because they were mentioning like international streaming they had several callbacks to like they have anaplex of america segments talking about a thing we'll announce there is lauren moore from crunchyroll which god that still feels fucking weird to say Lauren Moore from Crunchyroll talking about Crunchyroll, and there's a little trailer for Crunchyroll where one of the first shows they show is Mob Psycho 100, by the way, just pointing that out for no discernible reason. And, yeah, it's it's kind of wild to, to... It's both wild, surreal, and kind of terrifying to see how much global power Anaplex is involved with now. It certainly is... Um... Yeah. It's a little... Yeah. Okay. Yep, so there's that, and everybody seems to be pretty happy about that. <sighs> okay. This next one, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to say it, then we're going to move on. Roni Kenshin 2023 preview video, it's happening. Nobody here at Watsky's a pedophile. I... Alec, I, I'd, I know you want to move on. I don't think we can quite move on yet. Then you go ahead. I'll just sit in the back and, um, yeah. So, I, this news kind of brought on a couple of interesting revelations about this situation. I don't think I was quite privy to or didn't quite realize myself. Specifically, I thought everybody knew and I thought everybody that was excited for Kenshin things still was just like, well, I don't care if he's a pedophile. He still, he still made a good manga. I sort of misunderstood how many people still really remember Kenshin fondly and didn't know. Yeah, it's really sad. I kind of just assumed it went big and was all over the place and everybody knew, but we're kind of limited to the view of our own circles. And we just assume that our own circles on the internet are the whole world. Which is not always the case. Had a discussion with a friend of mine who had a friend who was losing their mind, was so excited about the whole Kenshin thing. And genuinely didn't know. So there are people who genuinely do not know that the author of Roroni Kenshin... Nobuhiro Watsuki, set, I don't even know how many years ago it was, was found with so much child in their studio that cops, when they were moving it, carried it in several, in several big boxes, and it was so much that they, honest to God, thought he was a fucking dealer. And for all that, we would let out with a $2,000 fine. It was a $2,000 fine, and his current series, which was like a sequel to Roni Kenshin, was on hiatus for five months, and the magazine apologized to him I for the I, I, didn't even, I didn't even think it was five months. I think it was less than that. It, 
it was it was within the period of four to six months. It was like it's a monthly mag. It was like a monthly magazine, so it's like half a year's worth of issues, and that's it. Yeah, uh, yeah. The point is, like, it was made. It was made clear very quickly that it was coming back, which was ridiculous. And then a lot of the tour of sense has basically been testing the waters to see how much people are still into Kenshin and how much they can still get away with in regards to the Kenshin IP. And the answer is a brand new anime series that is apparently a remake of the original story. So, it's also going to be on Noitamina. We don't know how long it's going to be, but it's kind of going to be interesting to see Noitamina with not one, but two potentially long-running series that are going to fill that block up for a good chunk of time. Uh, yeah, that is, like, maybe the one potential, well, I don't want to say saving grace, but the one thing that could be uh, darkly hilarious about this in hindsight. Uh, because, um, as we know, uh, Noitamina is a prestige block that as I uh, like shows regularly, as I, well, I don't want to say shows regularly go to that rotation, but like there are a lot of shows on that block on the regular, and uh, that show, and it is not a block that is regularly known for blog running things. Like, uh, obviously, this is obviously Kenshin is still a big IP, unfortunately, so it won't be short. But again, they are going to tie up the North Tower block for like two years, which is what this would be because it's like twenty eight volumes. So at best, it will probably be last for a year, and uh, given the amount of material it has, uh, that yeah, adaptation is probably probably going to be a rough job. It's probably going to rush the material, and manga fans are probably still going to be unhappy about pacing, yada yada yada. I'm just going to say this. Sort of the eureka moment I had. I can't make people stop being fans of Kenshin, and I can't immediately tell them that they have to give up their love for Kenshin. Not every person can just do that to something that is truly near and dear to them. My compromise is this. I can't stop Roroni Kenshin from being popular. I can't even stop people who, even if they do like Kenshin, but also still don't want to support it, just pirate it. Just fucking pirate it. If you're worried about the staff, if you're worried about whoever's going to dub this project, they're gonna get fucking paid. They're yeah. gonna get paid. They're gonna be fucking fine. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, uh, and while I might feel uh, some pity... Okay, yeah, basically, I feel pity for whoever's gonna be on the dub cast because there's a decent chance they might not know. At least as far as, like, the... Like, not even the Japanese voice actors, but, like, the Japanese staff particularly... They do, so I don't have much money there. There's also the the fact that it's presumed to be an Anaplex of America thing because they're posting about it, which could mean this could be a union dub, which is really, really cruel, monkeys, Paul. Man, fuck. Yeah. Just. Just fucking pirate it. I know we talk about supporting the industry at this point. I don't care anymore. The industry is bigger and better, and it's too big to fucking fail at this point. They'll be fine. The people are getting paid, and they'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, they gotta draw a line somewhere, and 
Nobu, Hirowatsuki's, everything is definitely where I draw the line. So, uh, yeah. I can't stop people from being fans of Kenshin. I can't stop them from wanting to watch the anime. I just ask you at least pirate it. And that's all she wrote. Maybe even don't tweet about it so it doesn't get the attention. But don't you dare fucking guilt trip people about separating the artist from the uh, the art from the artist when the artist is still fucking profiting. Yeah, because uh, again, he's still profiting, and I really and I said this publicly before, and I really hate to keep saying it, but people need to consider this. There is literally no reason whatsoever to assume he stopped. None, because he was let off the hook really easily. So. Why would he stop? We can only hope, but we we don't know him. We didn't know him before this came out. So yeah, I can't stop people from liking Kenshin, but fucking don't legally support it is my compromise to you. But don't fucking piss on my head and tell me it's raining about, oh, he's not making, he's not profiting off of it, or it's not that big a deal. He didn't do it to real. Those weren't real f***s, you fucking assholes! You know, you say that, and it reminds me that R. Kelly is going to spend the rest of his life in prison, and that um, comforts me. Good. And there are more charges pending, by the way. Good. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm sorry, I know you didn't yeah. want to talk about that, Alex, but I actively felt it was irresponsible yeah, not fair to. Fair, fair yeah. enough, so... Uh, on the bright side, that is at least the last really dark topic we have to talk about today. Yeah. That was I'll, the big one. I'm yeah. done. I'll lighten the mood a bit and let everyone know that um, Big Beyond decided to do something really stupid and there has been a re-appeal in his uh, ever-ongoing quest to permanently kill his career dead. You, you know, in lighter, lighter news, tangentially related to that, Redica's fucking banned off Twitter. Yeah, he got permabanned for ban evasion, and apparently, per some investigative uh, findings out, he might have been the one to uh, write that reappeal. which... <laughs> <laughs> sure, we're at 400,000, let's go higher! Literally, what the fuck? <laughs> it's a clown show. It's a carny show. This is the dumbest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. I can't believe they're continuing to even try. Ugh. You know what they say? If at first, or second, or third, or fourth, or fifth, or sixth, or seventh, or eighth, or ninth, or tenth, you don't succeed, just keep trying again until every house is gone. Fucking. Ugh. Yeah. Anyways, let's actually talk about the rest yes. of the stuff at the Sandflex we have, thing. We have, uh, we have other things to talk about. Some other uh, things were announced. We have, uh, coming soon, we have, I'm going to try and say this right. I think it's, it's Autry. Autry, My Dear Moments. It will be getting anime produced at Troika. And uh, all we have here is a very short preview video. A couple images, and that's kind of all we know. The thing that's notable is that Anaplex recently were putting out their own video games lately, and the video game for Atri was one of them. So this is going to be a visual novel anime adaptation done at Troika, specifically the director of Lord El Malloy and Bloom Into You, which are both anime I 
I, I think are well-directed, so this is going to look very good. Jury's still out on whether it's a good adaptation of the visual novel or not. I, I don't really know much else about it. I'm going to say I'm intrigued, but I'm a little wary of visual novels for reasons. I'm still going to call Atari my dear moments and you can't stop me. Fair enough. But will it be Atari 2600 or 5200? That's to be determined. Uh, speaking of game adaptions. Yeah. Oh my be god. Because, because I'm clever and I think about this. Coming to us in the winter season, the anime of Nier Automata. So, I really wasn't expecting this to come this fucking soon. But, yep, yeah, they showed off Nier Automata version 1.1a yeah and uh definitely and there there are some interesting notes about this from the yokotar himself actually so here's the funniest thing from watching this live and watching the actual comments is that they were actually subbed which when they actually had scripted stuff subtitled it was good but when it was live people talking oh my god the the subtitles were like automatic and they could not keep up it was a trash fire but for the actual scripted stuff, it was fine. So Yoko Taro pretty much said the part I was already thinking was going to be the case. But pretty much confirming the anime is going to differ. Not only is it going to differ, he actively was encouraging the staff to make changes. Where he's like, the staff wanted to be really faithful to his video game. And he was like, nah, man. This is going to be hard to do in an anime. Here, just change shit. Break shit. I will help you. Give me the sledgehammer. I'll help you break shit. <laughs> Which is the most Yoko Taro thing in the world. I will paraphrase the next thing. I'm going to paraphrase something where it's basically... Okay, the actual quote is, The title, Near Automata, was a story we created to be a game... So copying it as is wouldn't make an interesting story for an anime. So I brought up the idea of changing things around. So that's that's a real quote. The next part is a lot of paraphrasing from the rest of the presentation that I wrote down. The anime staff actually really respected the game, and I'm the one going around and changing and breaking things for them. If anyone's at fault, that would be me. So said Yoko Taro himself. He also talked about a lady from Aniplex fucking threatening him to make a near Automata anime where he's like, she really wanted to make an anime and he felt extremely threatened by her. So he just <laughs> was like, yeah, sure. Which is very funny. But it's Yoko Taro. I don't think he minds women threatening him. Let's be real here. Let's uh, be real here. Uh, 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 just about the and Fujimoto shaking hands. <laughs> oh boy dude a woman looked at me like I was gross it's fucking awesome <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, uh, Nier Automata version 1.1a premiering in January uh, okay don't screw up the dub cast guys so if this is Anaplex of America which it's looking like it could be an Anaplex of America title that's a non-issue it's, it's gonna be no problem if it's Crunchyroll, we're going to have a bigger Ooh. problem. Yeah. 
I'd say the odds of this being Anaplex of America, though, are actually pretty favorable. Which, I gotta say, I was not expecting there to be five Anaplex things airing in January. Because you have Near Automata as one of them. Tomo-chan is a girl is also airing in January. Um, this isn't on here, but The Misfit of Demon King Academy 2 is also airing in January. As well as, I think, one or two other things. I don't know why everything's in January this season. It's fucking weird. Maybe it's just uh, all the extra stuff from fall that couldn't get fit into the schedule. It's honestly very possible, which... I, I So, I'm going to talk about this more, because I think Nier Automata is A1 Pictures. So, the mm-hmm. weirdest thing about this event is realizing... The distinct lack of Cloverworks and the sudden apparent rise of A1 Pictures productions for Anaplex. Which tells me they broke the sequel so hard that they have to go back to the original as their Anaplex production pipeline. Gee, I wonder what could have led to that. Yeah, it's almost, oh wow, it's almost like, you know, a really bad production schedule is based on greed leads to uh, disastrous productions consistently. Who could have ever seen that coming? Anyway, moving on. On that note. Yeah, let's just uh, move on here. We have our first look at a new film. Coming out called Eisen Flugel, with General Bucci credited with the original story, and Fumal Alchemist and Shaman King director Seiji Mizushima on board as chief director. And and not only that, you got Yuki, Yuki Kajiura composing the music, and the character designs are done by Takashi Takayuchi. The fucking original character designer of the fucking Fate Stay Night game and the franchise as a whole. Well, his designs are being adapted by someone else. You you know what I fucking mean. It's that the character in that jacket in this trailer looks just like the protagonist of fucking Fate Grand Order. It's I saw that. I was like, oh, that's just Fate. Wow. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, definitely interesting seeing an old uh, boot novel getting adapted again. It feels like it's been a while since that happened, so uh chance this will actually be good, unlike, you know, the other... We swear it's boots, but it's actually not. This is a prestige project, but this is also kind of a story he's been trying to get off the ground for, like, two years, apparently. No, not two years. Like, 20. closer to, like, 20 years, actually. So, here's... Here's what the comment that was given. I want to read it because I think it's fascinating. Once upon a time, there was an Oroge company called Nitro Plus. Great intro. A chance offer for a theatrical anime project fell into their laps, so the scriptwriter submitted a proposal about a competition in a faraway world between a dragon and a jet to determine which held true superiority of the skies. The president of the company demanded that the scriptwriter transform their proposal into a one-core anime project. And so the scriptwriter panicked and scrambled to add more content to the proposal. But time passed, and not a word was heard about the project again. Eventually, it faded from memory. 
Sometime later, the scriptwriter, who had become associated with Gagaga Bunko, recalled an idea he had mothballed long ago. Inspired, he reworked the proposal, which had long sat neglected, into a two-volume novel. Not long after that, Anaplex offered the scriptwriter a chance to make his revised work into a movie, and so, after nearly 20 years, Eisenflugel could finally become the feature film it was always destined to be, and they all lived happily ever after. That is actually pretty amazing. Genuinely. It's kind of wild, and I'm actually pretty excited to see that knowing that this was like an old Urubuchi thing that he was really excited about, but kind of just let it collect the dust until it finally got adapted into a novel, and now it's getting an anime with a pretty stellar crew on it. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. glad they're going to do Bucci thing, glad they uh, pulled TZ BGC about hiding, uh, always a good to see him doing things. Uh, yeah, pretty excited. Yeah, very cool. We also got some new information regarding Mashal, as that's going to be due out uh, sometime soon. We did not previously have a studio attached to this. We just knew it was coming, and it was Anaplex. Now we do, and it is, say it with me, folks, A1 Pictures. You're going to notice a theme for tonight, and that is definitely a big theme in that A1's doing a bunch of stuff. Yeah, yeah. and uh, they announced who's playing MASH. I would like to give credit where it's due. I, honest to God, was thinking it was just going to be Natsuki Hyena again. Maybe. Nope. But, but I know it's uh, Chiaki Kobayashi. Uh, Chiaki Kobayashi, who's... What what would I best know the name from? I'd say. Um, um, uh, well, I actually did I actually did pull up a list of roles that I did. Oh, yeah. cool, cool, cool. Uh, so, oh, he, uh, he's Edamame in Great Pretender. Uh-huh. Holy shit! Yes, yeah. So he's Edamame in Great Pretender. Uh, Louis Moriarty in Moriarty the Patriots. And Longa in Skate the yeah. Infinity. <laughs> okay, yeah. The good okay. blue-haired Canadian boy. Alrighty. That that's a pretty good. Those are actually pretty good. That's a pretty good pick for Mashal, I gotta say. Or Mash. His name is not Mashal. His name is Mash, which, yes. which is confusing. Yes, his name is Mash, not Mashal. Just like how in the Horamia, uh, his name is not Horamia. It's ho- yeah, it's Hori and Miyamura. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there's that. Uh, Tomoya Tanaka is on board as director. Yosuke Kuroda in charge of the series scripts. That guy gets around to everything. Wow, he's done all of My Hero Academia. Holy this shit. guy has done everything. Like, no, I'm, I'm not kidding. His resume is two miles long. Damn, yep. that's crazy. Yep. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. That's a good composer. The guy who did Fruits Basket and Astral Lost in Space on music. So, uh, yeah, good. so, um, yeah, staff seems pretty, staff seems pretty solid, even if I'm worried about that, you know. Uh, hopefully this does not suffer the usual, uh, A1 flex curse when it comes to Shadow Adaptions, because, uh, their track record leaves a lot to be desired. That's uh, fair, that's yeah. fine. Let's hope for the best. Hope for the best, but anticipate uh, not the best. All right. All right. And now, uh, what seems to be a recurring theme, there's going to be another fate thing happening on New Year's Eve. Fate, strange fake. This one I'm actually really excited for, and let me tell you why I'm excited for this one. 
Alex, what do you know about Bacchino? I know a couple things about Bacchino. What do you know about Durarara? I know it's kind of weird and wild and crazy. Well, guess what? They let that guy, Ryogo Naruto, write a fucking fate story. That sounds amazing and also very insane. Yep. And that is what fate strange fake is. A a false, a real and false holy grail war that takes place in motherfucking Viva Las Vegas. <laughs> okay. I'm in. So, let's talk about that in particular, which I will say this. I was kind of looking forward to a new studio Working on a fate thing. <laughs> okay, hold on, I, hold on, hold on, hold on. Apparently this was written as an April Fool's Day joke. It was originally an April Fool's Day joke. That's amazing. Before it became a real story. <laughs> uh, that's amazing. So, yeah. I was admittedly really excited for the possibility of a new different studio getting to work on a fate anime. Like... There's been a bunch of them that have done fate anime, so I was like, okay, who hasn't, which who's worked with Anaplex and hasn't done an anime yet? Um, I threw out Studio Eight Bit because they worked on Mahoka. Bones have worked on Skate the Infinity. Studio Zexus has done some stuff. Uh, Leiden Films is doing everything. They could potentially do one, but the thing I didn't account for was what if it was just A One Pictures again? Bingo. That having been said. The directors on this New New Year's Eve episode are very regulars as far as Fate, Grand Order, commercials, and animation. So they know what they're doing, and they are very familiar with this project. This was the thing. This announcement, the possibility of the Fate Strange fake anime, is the reason I stayed up till 3 in the goddamn morning. And I was rewarded by finding out... Not only is it getting a special episode on New Year's Eve, it is getting a same-day dub, and it's got four members of its fucking cast confirmed! (laughs) Yep, it does. Yeah, uh, we'll just go over that. But first, also, um, Yuki Yamada is signed the characters, previously worked on Fate Apocrypha, and Hiroyuki Sawano is doing the music for this. Okay, yeah, I forgot about that. I forgot. This is going to be a fucking fate anime that's going to have Sawano drops. Uh, fantastic. Fuck me. This is going to rule. Yeah. All right. So as far as our English uh, cast members are, uh, as, as far as our English cast members go, uh, I'm getting tongue-tied. Start as, from the bottom. Okay, sure. As our Lancer, we have... Is there a pro-union actor in every right? Marin Miller. Uh, Marin Miller is going to be reprising their role as Enkidu for this special. And yes, they confirmed that this same-day simuldub is a union contract. I would like to repeat that for those who didn't hear in the back. This same-day simuldub is a union project. Hmm. Funny how that works, isn't it? Ain't that a quickie egg? 
<laughs> Moving along. Yes, as our archer for this special, we have David Vincent. Uh, he is returning to play the role of fucking that bitch motherfucker Gilgamesh. How lovely. As our saber, we have Ben Balmaceda. Ben Balmaceda, I'm so fucking excited to see him in a Fate anime. For those who might be curious about what Ben's done, he is Pedro in One Piece, he's Yui in Komodo Jihen, he's Neku in The World's End With You, dumb. He's Neku in the dub for The World's End With You, the animation, and my baby boy, my stupid, stupid motherfucker who I will protect with my life, Raido in Aharinsan wa Hakarinine. And he's a fucking saber in a fate anime in the it's the one done by the Bakano guy. I'm so fucking excited. <laughs> <laughs> and as as our well, I'm going to assume is our main hero lead, Ayaka Sajio. I'm actually going to write this down because they actually popped up in a video along with a producer from Anaplex of America showing off that like they were excited to be part of this project and they pronounced their name which I'm glad to ha finally have a phonic pronunciation for yeah yes as Ayaka Saija we have Unjuli Kunapaneni Kunapaneni I tried I I respect it so Unjuli the big thing I would say you might know her <sighs> Anjali, the big thing you might know them for is in the dub of Fena Pirate Princess, they are the character of Karin. They've done a couple other things for stuff like Yu-Gi-Oh! 7s, Tokyo 24th Ward, Kotaro Lives Alone, and Kageki Shoujo, just to name a couple. And of course, they are also in Genshin Impact, which that's kind of like a big fucking deal for a lot of people. I'm really happy for the both of them getting to play major characters in the new Fate anime, especially the one I'm the most excited for. Yes, this is just a New Year's Eve special right now. I will also reiterate by saying Lord El Malloy's Case Files also started as like a New Year's special, which became episode zero, which then got a full TV anime series like in July. I think this is getting a, f a series. I think this is getting a full TV series. This is just going to be episode zero. We shall see. Mm -hmm. All right. So was that, we move on to, uh, honestly, some, uh, a couple less, I, I would say significant titles. One that has a, uh, preview video not available on YouTube because of Aha! restrictions. The Twitter the Twitter video is still there. Huzzah. Yeah, funny how that works. Anyway, it is My Love Story with Yamada Kun at level 999. It's getting an anime in 2023 and uh, it looks like uh, so the funniest thing I remember watching this trailer, I thought to myself, because I, I, I saw like Madhouse. I'm like, oh, that's cool. My, my brain was like, this kind of looks very Chihaya Furu to me. Well, funny you mentioned that. Yeah, as it turns out, 
the director of Chihaya Furu, Cardcaptor Sakura, and My Love Story, aka the shoujo director at Madhouse, is working on this romantic comedy anime from Anaplex uh-huh. and them. And I-, I have a specific guideline as far as is this romantic comedy going to be good or bad? Which is, I go to my buddy Crimson, and I'm like, Hey Crimson, is this a good one or a bad one? And he has told me, this is, in fact, a good one. So I am excited for romantic comedy shenanigans with a good MMO junkie itch that I've been missing for a while. Mm-hmm. Look, looking at this deeper, it does look like it will be on the more positive side of things, which that, that's always welcomed here, considering uh, other series are either uh, not good or have uh, terrible creators at the helm. That That is very vague, but yes. I'm pretty sure I know what I'm referring to there. Yeah. Yeah, um, consider me curious as to how this will turn out please don't suck please don't suck indeed like i I have a high bar for when it comes to these these kind of romance stuff you gotta hit it perfectly for me well it's not the last romance anime we're gonna be talking about actually yeah so yeah um we also have oh look at this cloverworks you're actually showing up to do something for once uh we have here a tie-in to Another Sony property, Sony Music's, quote, Next Dimensional Idol Project, Unite Up. It is getting an anime coming in the winter. Um, eh. Cool. Uh, those are pretty boys, I suppose. Sure. I don't have much to say. Cool, new idol anime. Why are there so many fucking anime in the winter? Because fall was full. Mm-hmm. All right. Now we're going to skip ahead to the spring for something coming up in the spring. St. Cecilia and Pastor Lawrence. So this is apparently another cute romantic comedy from Dogakobo. And it's about a saint and a pastor. So I'm probably going to watch this. I might think it is, in fact, hecking adorable, and I will watch it and probably make the most blasphemous jokes I can think of. (laughs) Just, just absolutely, just absolutely get, just get removed, escorted out of any Christian gatherings and Catholicisms. It'll be, it will be a good time. Also, unrelated, Kaito... Kaito Ichikawa showed up like three or four times during the Anaplex Fest thing for various different projects. I literally was joking, okay, if it's not Natsuki Hayane as MASH, it's gonna be Kaito Ishikawa. I was glad to have also been proven wrong there, too. And then it wasn't the pal. Okay. Yeah, there's that, and, um... Oh, also Crunchyroll has confirmed they have the license to this one already. they already called dibs on it. All right, we're going to end this section with a return of sorts. 
because we now know there will be more of the uh, Rascal Does Not Dream series. I guess that's what we're calling it now. It's it kind of, yeah, because all of them are not called Bunny Girl Senpai. They're called Rascal Does Not Dream of XYZ. Yeah. Yep, we know that more is coming, but we don't know if it's going to be a TV series, an OVA film. We don't know. It will adapt more of the novels, potentially could probably finish the entire series in two movies if they wanted, from what I am told. So that might be what these are going to be. What they should do is actually do them this time. That would be a good idea. Hey, look at that! Kaito Ishikawa Sakata. Fancy fact. (laughs) I didn't actually know that. Ah. Jesus. Speaking up, up, people who get around. Yeah, some people really get around. Good for him. Um, But yes, I'll be honest, there was a couple of these I slept through because once Fate Strange, Strange Fake came up, I was like, cool, that's the one I wanted. My eyes want to die. Bye. <laughs> but uh, yes, I was able to report some of this, and it was interesting seeing some of this live. Uh, some of the other things, uh, Misfit of Demon King Academy, uh, there was a new trailer for uh, Ayakashi Triangle, which sure is anime. Sure is. And yeah, th- those were all the big ones. They also... A couple of the other ones that are Eric there wasn't anything for Engage, Kiss, or Licorice Recoil. They showed a few minutes of Raven of the Inner Palace, which that actually looks pretty good. Bochi the Rock, Bleach, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I stayed up for that. That was pretty interesting to see. Also, they still have not revealed where Bleach is going to air internationally, by the way. That is, it is getting, it is, it is actually reachable where it is extremely weird. It, it, like the fact that they were at the Japanese press event for Anaplex and they still couldn't say anything despite how many of them were able to say this is going to be airing on Crunchyroll and Billy Billy it, around the world it, it, it's so fucking weird anyways that was the event that was the event okay now we go to another event uh, Netflix had their event. That's the sound effect you use. This was literally the day after the Anaplex one, and after staying up till 3am, I was not gonna do it again! And you didn't miss much because a lot of these, uh... Well, a lot of these were announced at like 3 or 4 in the morning. Yeah, sounds about right. So what was announced? What was announced was things. A lot of them. Namely, that uh, Baku Yumimakura's Onmyoji novels are getting their first anime series adaptation coming to Netflix in 2023. That seems like a prestige thing, and that's pretty neat. And oh my god, is that the. That's who's doing the anime? Oh man. You know, I, I, I don't want to judge a studio for their past work but like Marvy Jack is doing the new Seven Deadly Sins movie Mm. which like 
I don't know if we're going to talk about that, but... Um, we're, we're not. Okay, I'm just going to say this. I saw a tweet that says, The Seven Deadly Sins... Uh, what the fuck is it actually called? The Seven Deadly Sins... Something of Edinburgh, whatever it is. Grunge of Edinburgh, or whatever it's called. Somebody said that movie looks like what people thought Dragon Ball Superhero was going to look like. And I'm like, man, I can't even disagree how the mighty have fucking fallen. Yeah, well, uh, anyway. The Yamayoji novels, uh, they began as short stories starting in 1986, which then led to... uh, some novels written between 2000 and 2008, along with a pair of live-action films in the early 2000s. And there was also a 13-volume manga that began in 1994, so this has been around for a while. So this is very much a prestige title. Mm. Yeah. And what's, what's also pretty popular nowadays are um, overdue, or rather too long of a wait for, video game animes, because we have another one here. Onimusha. Where the fuck did this come from? That game from Capcom that most of you probably played on the PS2 back in like 2001 is getting an anime on Netflix and it's going to be directed by Takashi Miike. Where the fuck did this come from? Wow. Uh, yeah, of all the names. Uh... Yeah, or rather he, he will be chief director of uh, yeah, the series. That's, uh, yeah, to which, uh, yeah, to which I know it sounds greedy, but look, it would complete the joke and it would be beautiful. Get to KCBK to, to direct Novo Heroes anime. Just do it. Like, you would make Suda 51 the happiest person on Earth. Oh my god. <laughs> oh lord. But yeah, and this is going to be done at uh, Sublimation, which is a name I recognize from some they they've done a number of cg things some of them ha- don't actually look that bad too but they've done a number of cg anime with netflix mm-hmm. yeah this is gonna be interesting they are also basing the main care they're also doing the very onimusha thing and modeling the main character off of a real person yes the, the late uh toshiro mifune as Miyamoto Musashi, which is yeah. what a where the fuck did this come from? Onimusha, I don't think has had a game in like over a decade. Well, there was like a spin-off game that came out a little while ago, but uh, yeah, this seems to be an interesting trend of video games getting animated that you wouldn't expect. Which, to be fair, if Hideo Kojima says your show is good. You're doing something right. Where That's... did Cyberpunk Edgerunners even come from? How is it this good? It feels like a fluke, though it's also kind of batshit to see the the engoodening of Cyberpunk. And the see... game is still terrible, people. Come on. I, I believe they have fixed it in two years. It's just... Uh, uh, the the, the game should not have released. The game should not have released in the state it was two years ago. Yeah, and uh, the higher-ups are so terrible, so, uh, screw them. Yeah. 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 Just, just take that show for what it is, in a vacuum, just, yeah. Hiroyuki Imaishi is a 
man who is good at what he does. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, to which, um, yeah, the one good thing I will say in regard to uh, the game itself is that uh, good on all the people who modded uh, Lucy and Rebecca into the game. Y'all are doing good work. I'm kind of impressed people have managed to pull that off already. Good here, for them. Here, here. Here, All right. So, yeah, there's that. Look forward to that soon. Uh, we also have here a series from writer Hidetaka Adachi, My Daemon. What is this? It is a series produced at Igloo Studio, uh, a studio based out of Thailand. Here's the blurb. The series takes place in the near future after a nuclear explosion has caused the Earth to overlap with hell for a moment, causing pollution from a dust that originated in hell. Elementary student Kento finds a daemon named Anna in the forest and raises Anna. The series follows the adventures of Kento and Anna as they go on a trip to save Kento's mother. That's uh, interesting. Is this adventure time? <laughs> uh, not the analogy I was expecting, but okay. Is a boy and his dog at the end of the world after a nuclear explosion where he's trying to find his mom? It's fucking adventure time. <laughs> I, I I have nothing else to go off of, so I'm just gonna go off with that shit post and call today. Okay. All right, we have here. Oof, 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 oof. If this is if this is the first look, I hope it's gonna look better later on. So there's a movie coming out in February called Make My Day. We have a mecha design. Shoji Kawamori is involved with this. We have a cast list, and we have some some still shots that look pretty fucking hideous. I I Oof. thought Exception looked weird, but Exception at least looked stylized. These look... Oof. These look rough, or, like, the models actually look unfinished. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is, but it just doesn't look... Right. Ugh. Good luck with all that, then. Um, I what was the fuck? I need to find the fucking Canaba tweet he posted earlier just to go through this. But please, let's let's continue. Yes, let's continue with something that actually looks uh, somewhat uh, good and charming. Gudetama, an excellent adventure. It'll be coming December 13th. It is a hybrid live-action CG series. It is based off a Sanrio character. And... It's it's a lazy egg. <laughs> how, how, how can you hate it? It's it's just... It's just a lazy little egg boy. It looks cute. It looks fun. The yolk has a butt. <laughs> it, it's... It's like, like how, how can I look at that thing and think cynical thoughts it's just it's cute yeah what we yes. yeah what you can be cynical about though 
is this because we now know when the second season of the way of the house husband's coming it's coming in january and it still looks very very cheap god how do you way of the house husband continues to be the most that the most slam dunk you could have made and god whoever decided motion manga was the way to go was just Fucking. Ugh. <laughs> I like this comment. These aren't still images. They're actually animated GIFs of the show. <laughs> oh, that's mean, but that's fair. Harsh, but fair. Anyways, yeah, that's, that's the thing. So there's that. Also due out in January, Junji Itomaniac. Japanese Tales of the Macabre. It. I'm kind of curious which studios are actually working on this because I'm. I, I'm pretty sure they are going for the anthology approach in general. Yes, there will be 20 stories from Ito animated quote for the first time. It will include stories from The Hanging Balloon, Soichi, and Tomi, among others. And I believe they confirmed this is coming out in January. Yes. I'm just going to stay optimistic and say I hope this one's all right. Yeah, it plays better than the last one. Nowhere to go but up. Ah, this one I have. Yeah. We also had our first official teaser of Moonrise, a project from Wit Studio and... To Ubukata. Which studio To Ubukata and the fucking original character designs are Hiromu Arakawa? What the fuck? I can see it. And also, this one, maybe it's just because a couple of the other ones we were looking at looked not good, but this one looks way better in comparison. Which makes it even more frustrating remembering To Ubukata's attached. Yeah. Uh, it better have some polish to it because it's not going to come out until 2024. Wit Studio is definitely... It's really coming up as far as... I would argue Wit Studio, not perfect. They've become a lot more reliable for making original works and anime adaptations literally ever since they dropped Attack on Titan. It really felt like Attack on Titan was bad for them. Once they quit it, there seems like things have just kind of been on the up and up as far as their productions. Mm-hmm. It really is. Anyways, um... Dorohidoro season two is absent because that team is still stuck making Attack on Titan season three. <sighs> He's almost done. He's almost done his time. Has he not paid enough as it is? Uh, Why are we here on this earth just to suffer? Yeah, yes. uh, yeah. Though personally, rather than making more Dorohidoro, I kind of wanted to make more Garo. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. And lastly here, coming to us in February, the fifth and final season of Agretzko. I feel bummed 
to say that the reason I'm interested is because this is the final season. Yeah, unfortunately, this series absolutely hit the law of diminishing returns with every subsequent season. I I think uh, I would have argued to say season three would have been a good stopping point. Yeah, yeah, I'm saying like the end of season three felt like, okay, you've kind of said everything you really had to say about this character. Like, where can you really go from here? And then they'd ask season four. And and my immediate thought was, why? And then season four turned out to be kind of not great. Which I still should watch, because I'm interested in this being the last season. But it feels like... I like these characters. It feels like it... It feels like it just keeps making Retsuko continue to go back her job despite having yeah. several outs. And at at this point, what could have been a pretty cute to interesting developing relationship between Retsuko and Haida has actively become, okay, you two are not good for each other. Holy shit. And he's yeah. still trying! Like I said, a lot of diminishing returns. Like, if this series was just its first season and the Christmas episode that had the, the, the song from Rancid in it, it would have been perfect. I, I, I still <sighs> will stand by season two, and I will still, still stand by season three. But I feel like after that, I was less excited to watch uh, Gretzko, and it sounds like season four really didn't do anything to alleviate those worries. Yeah. Apparently, the big tease for this is that uh, Retsuko's running for office, so... What? Uh, I, I don't know. That's just what it says here on ANN. What? What the fuck? Uh, what? I can't wait to see how I back it up back. Well, okay. find out together. I so, guess we will. Yeah, so... Uh, I'm... I have the perfect way to cap off this to dumb section, by the way. Uh, quoting one Canapa effect. Netflix announcements are so often either the coolest combination of creators coming together to create something mediocre, the ugliest thing you've ever seen, not actually anime at all, or all of the above. No lies detected. And I think we're finally done with the press events now. Yes. Yes, we are. But we're not done with more new stuff getting revealed and announced because even though the fall season's upon us in just a matter of hours, I'm not panicking at all. There's too much anime. Oh, my. Two-parter. Intentional two-parter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's awesome, um, right. We also have stuff coming out in the winter season. Namely, in January, we have this series. Hikari no O. A series helmed with, with a very, very interesting cast list. Namely, at the top, we have uh, Junji Nishimura and Mamoru Oshii. That's an... Oh, wow. Yeah, they, they have worked together on stuff in the yes. past. That's wow. yes. This, this is the adaptation of the Hikari no O fantasy novel series from uh, Reiko Hinata and Akihiro Yamada. 
And going deeper in the cast list, for character design, we have Takia Saito, who previously works on Macross Zero and Outlaw Star. We have Takia Saito, Katsuchika Kise, and Tosahi Sakaya on board as chief animation directors. Pretty big names, to put it lightly. Kazuhiro Wakabayashi is on board as sound director. He did Bungo Stray Dogs, among other things. Oh, cool. And doing the music is Kenji Kawai. Wow. This whole staff is like an old guard coming together for a new thing. Yes. This is kind of wild. Yeah. Yeah. Junji Nishimura is directing as single MD. Mamoru Oshii is right is uh, overseeing all the writing. This will be interesting. This might be worth keeping an eye out on. I think I will definitely at least have to keep an eye on this one for sure. Yeah, it seems interesting. Uh huh. What also seems interesting is a pretty fun crossover that was re- recently announced: Lupin the Third versus Cat's Eye. Yeah, uh, yeah, this feels like one of those things where you hear it and you're like, wow, I'm kind of surprised they haven't done this before. Yeah. Yeah. So, but because this is such an interesting uh, event and also looks like a mostly CG affair, which take your, take your, take your leave on what, how you feel about that. I, I, um, I mean, okay, I mean, it doesn't look nearly as good as we bought at first, but, it, but the CG seems okay. Yeah, it's not the worst I've seen. This is nowhere near as good as Loop on the first, but I almost feel like that's an unfair bar. Of entry. Yeah, still looks a little jank. Yeah, but it is a very interesting crossover. Yet the monkey's paw must always curl because this is a project for Amazon Prime Video. Where the fuck did this come from? What? What? Me thinks. They got an influx of money with that uh, NFL deal for Thursday Night Football, so they decided, you know what, TMS? Here's a couple bucks. Can you do this for us? I was surprised you weren't going to lead in with the whole Evangelion global money influx. Well, there was that too, but... Like, that at least makes more sense to me, but... I mean, I don't think 11 million people signed up for Amazon Prime for Evangelion like it did for football. But yeah, so this one's kind of a wild thing because this is for Lupin's 50th and Cat's Eye's 40th. Uh, yeah. But, uh, uh, yeah. I did kind of wonder what uh, future Lupin projects were going to look like after part six, but uh, I guess we're getting this. I think Lupin's... I, I think Lupin is kind of going to be like the Dragon Ball in that Lupin is going to be the anime that they just will get weirdly experimental on any project they want to as far as what it's going to look like. It can look traditional. It can look Yamamoto. It can look like Lupin the First. It can look like this. It could be whatever the fuck it wants to be because it's Lupin. It's guaranteed, and they can experiment with it as they see fit. Uh, yeah, uh, definitely curious to uh, see how they done for this one turns out. Yeah. Okay, okay, this is going to be directed by the p- pair that did Godzilla Planet of the Apes. 
Planet of the Monsters. I almost said Planet of the Apes. <laughs> Godzilla, Planet of the Monsters, that anime, and worked on Ajin, among other things. Okay, so yeah, yeah. It, it's it, this kind. This basically seems like it's a Polygon Pictures anime done with TMS. Coming next year. Alrighty. Weird. Yeah. Alright. Okay. Now, this next one. We talked about this quite a while ago. We now have more to it. Mecha Ude, the project from uh, Sei Okamoto, is getting a full-fledged anime series. I? You know what? This was a cool little project way back when. Yeah, I will. Yeah, like, legit, I saw it. I was like, man, this... And like, I know I've heard the name of this before, it sounds familiar. And then I remembered it with a Kickstarter. I was like, oh, wow, it's been a really, really long time since that. Yeah. And I, it was interesting, but it kind of looked like a little indie anime project that was trying something. And I'm kind of excited and curious to see it become a full-fledged anime series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was announced by uh, Pony Canyon. Uh, says here the project's current animation producer is Triff Studios Suichi Aso. Tatsuya Kinoshita Pony Canyon is also on board as producer. This is definitely worth waiting and checking out for. Like, even if you weren't a fan of like the original pilot thing that they kickstarted, like this, I don't have any beef with any of the people working on this, and I. Kind of think it's cool to see, like, an original Kickstarter anime thing getting the full-fledged series treatment, which I think the last time I could even think of that actually happening was, like, Little Witch Academia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, stay tuned. Like, this that. one's even more wild because Trigger hasn't... Trigger's become established with companies and stuff. Triff is not, so this is this is pretty cool. I'm happy for this team, and I'm I'm going to keep an eye out for this one. All right, stay tuned for that. Now, there was also an event uh, recently for My Dress Up Darling, you know, that really successful show. And we have since heard confirmation that there's going to be more of the anime in production. Shocker. Good. Good. We know more is coming. That's about all it ends at. Yeah. We just know more is coming. I'm going to guess we are going to get season two in 2024. I feel like 2023 is a little too soon. I'm going to say 2024. It uh, depends on what Cloverworks is uh, working on next year, so maybe. I think 2024, because I think they were waiting a little bit longer to catch up to the material before starting it up again. And I think the team that worked on My Dress Up Darling went to go work on Bochi the Rock. So, honestly, if they need a little more time, I'm okay with giving them 2024. Same. Okay. I'm just really excited to get more of My Dress Up Darling. That one I wound up liking way more than I was expecting to, and 
I've even begun buying the mangas, which is very funny buying all of those and being like, why are all of these shrink wrapped? And then all, and, and then everyone has a color page, which is a saucy, uh, risque lingerie cover. I'm like, oh, that would do it. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that would do it. All right. So that's a, a good series getting more in the future. Now we have a bad series getting more in the future. Oh, as Okay. Yes, Girlfriend, Girlfriend, uh, that show is getting more uh, TBA. So I'm going to actually go up to bat for Girlfriend, Girlfriend. Now that I've actually started watching more of it with the English dub, which, holy shit, that English dub's fucking funny. I, 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 I would absolutely say it definitely gets an extra point for the double loan. That is not a fucking romantic comedy. That is a gag manga masquerading as a romantic comedy. Yeah, pretty much. It's not about who is the best girl or who is going to win. None of that fucking matters. This is all lunacy and bullshit. And it's fucking outrageous. It knows it. Like, I, like somebody asked me, Hey, Classy, what do you think the best girl of this is? It doesn't fucking matter. Who cares? They don't care. It's fucking nonsense, but it's ridiculous nonsense. Like fucking, it's it's a romantic comedy written like it's fucking Looney Tunes. And I think I kind of admire how simple a pitch that is. It don't matter. None of this matters. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty much uh, <laughs> sums it up right there. Sums it up pretty succinctly, doesn't it? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, that sums it up pretty nicely. All right, and now this next piece, I pose a question: Is a Genshin in a P- Impact anime happening? It's very yes. So uh, Hoyoverse, uh, the developers of you know Genshin Impact announced that they are collaborating with Ufotable for what they call a long-term collaboration project for Genshin Impact. So, that bare minimum, that means they have secured commercial advertising with Ufotable for any future commercials adverts for the near future. Which basically, it's kind of like how like A1 Pictures is like the studio that does all of the fake Grand Order commercials and advertisements. I'm assuming that they have a several year contract with Ufotable to make nice anime PVs promoting Genshin Impact. But I also wouldn't rule out the possibility of an anime series either. Yeah, it seems like a pretty solid possibility. What I will say is I don't think they're going to commit to a full-fledged Genshin Impact anime until they're finished with their bigger commitment. Uh, yeah, that is probably a pretty reasonable attempt, I would say. I feel like they're going to do commercials for Genshin for at least a few years. And wait to finish Demon Slayer first before 
taking the plunge for a TV, anime, or movie, or whatever. That's my guess. Okay. So, uh, yeah, the answer to the question is definitive, maybe, question mark? They did, in fact, animate some footage and draw characters. Okay, then. So, yeah, um, I, I guess we'll know if it happens when everyone will just scream about it at all at the same time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I will say as somebody who's played a decent amount of that game, you could dip. You definitely could make an okay anime about it if you focus on the story stuff, but, you know, uh, this is a It's not about the story. Yeah, it's a Bobon's adapted. It's, it's not going to focus on the story. No. <laughs> I don't even know. I, didn't, I honestly didn't even know Genshin Impact had a long-term story. Okay, stupid. I, I know it has a story, but I don't care. Yeah, uh, honestly, that's pretty fair. And so, as and what that man was, it, like it's fine. It has like a lot of actual world building stuff. I just think it's kind of like a little too fluffy at times. It also has a lot of porn to it. Oh. Incredible! I am consuming Genshin Impact exclusively through pornography. <laughs> I am gonna clip that for future reference. Thank you. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> okay, let's move on to our next, our last bits of, bits of uh, stuff to talk about. G-Kids has announced the final rebuild of Evangelion film, Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.01, will be headed to theaters in the U.S. on December 6th, 8th, and 11th, sub-only. Ah, darn. We, w- we will continue to have to ask, do they have the Amazon dub, or did they commission their own? Oh. So that question will have to be answered on another day. I'm still probably going to go see this, just, just because I-, I feel like it's a rite of passage to see something of Evangelion in the theaters at least once. All right. Yeah. It's going to be the last time you'll get to see that unless they do, like, re-releases of stuff. And, yeah. Uh, tickets will go on sale for that in November. I believe it's also through Fathom Events. So, there you go. Neat. Okay. This next piece is just uh, funny and stupid. So, something that's happened a couple times is that... An entire manga series has been compiled into one super, super, super long book. And one such case happened with One Piece. As JBE Books, a publisher based out of France, decided to publish One Piece's first 102 volumes, because there's still more to come, as a 21,000 450-page book. Obviously, someone at Shueisha was not going to take this lightly, as um, a representative from them told The Guardian that this was most definitely an unauthorized uh, publication. Because, you see, One Piece has a licensee in France, and it's not this company. 
I was just thinking, like, I don't think this is the company that has One Piece in France. Yeah, apparently this was issued as a uh, 50-print run as a, quote, avant-garde art piece at the cost of about 1,900 euros or uh, under $1,900 because the euro is freaking tanking right now. And according to a spokesperson of JBE Books, this is not a case of copyright infringement because it is physically impossible to read the book. I... It it does sound like it would actually be impossible to read. I don't think that would hold up in a court of law, though. Uh, yeah, uh, good luck in court. Apparently, uh, this was made solely as a commentary on online fan culture and piracy. Oh, fuck off. You try and piece that together. Oh, fuck off the edge of my dick. That is maybe the most pretentious thing I think I've ever heard. <sighs> the, the biggest claim is that this was meant to, quote, shift the understanding of digital comics from a qualitative examination of the formal possibilities of digital comics to a quantitative reappraisal of, quote unquote, comics as big data. You oh, figure that uh, out. Oh, that is the most pretentious thing I think I've ever heard. Oh, God. Ugh. Uh, yeah, this is very stupid. Yeah. Yet somehow not the stupidest thing we have to talk about. Although this next piece, it's kind of amusing. If only because I didn't know anybody still had this. So, um... This comes to us from Gerald of the Anime World Order uh, website and podcast. That thing is up still around. I have not checked in for that show in many years. On Crunchyroll's physical store, there is a Robotech tape. A beta tape. What? Yes. The description reads... The original 1984 English language adaptation of Macross on Beta, featuring the first episode, Booby Trap. This costs $60. What the fuck? They have VHS of Robotech? No, 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 no. Not VHS. Beta. Oh, okay. That's something different to that. But I just, I was looking at the customers also viewed, and they have. Robotech volumes one, two, and three on VHX is like. Oh, how about that? What? Why? How do you still have that? What is in your store? <laughs> like that's not even something Right Stuff has. Oh wow, this is an FHE tape. It only costs thirteen dollars. Mm. What the? F what? Brand is new. What? Where did these come from? <laughs> Where the fuck did these come from? Someone probably found them in a in a vault or a, a box somewhere. This is so fucking weird. Uh, there's always... Uh, I mean, I guess we've learned anything over the last few years. There's always just like a bunch of weird stuff in the way somewhere. Brand new and shrink-wrapped even. What the fuck? Yeah, like... It, it's weird. 
I'm almost curious enough, but wow, that's yeah, that's weird. I, I'm not gonna pay sixty bucks for a beta tape because I don't have, I don't even have a beta cassette player. I'm also not gonna spend fifteen dollars on a single episode VHS tape. Like the only time I ever got a subtitled VHS tape of like an episode or two. It was a Cowboy Bebop tape I got from a video game store for, like, a dollar. I'm morbidly curious. I don't think I'm going to do it, but I'm at least morbidly curious. Yeah. And that's why I always go to Goodwill, because you never know what you're going to find there. All right, and now we come to... It's not a funeral yet, but it, it, it may as well be. The headline reads, Gonzo holds story writing contests for Samurai Crypto's NFT blockchain project. Yes, you heard that right. This is a writing contest that Gonzo, the animation studio, is holding for its stupid Monopoly money project where the winners will be used as story concepts for an eventual Monopoly money anime and the writers will be credited under the role of quote-unquote proposal assistants. They literally created NFTs without having a story of it. They wanted to make an NFT anime and they didn't even come up with like a plot so they're having a contest for it and that's Oh, that's some garbage. Oh, this is so stupid. I never thought I'd say this, but at least Tokyo Pop is going to give you something. Wow. It's not much, but it's better than this. Anyways, if you want my full thoughts, I, I think he's still mystified that there's a beta cassette of Matt Robotech available on the Crunchyroll store. I guess if there's one lesson that we learned here, um, the bar can always go lower, I guess. Mm. <sighs> yeah, there's uh, that. Alright, before we get to the home video roundup, here's some stuff you can watch for free. Papel of Chimney Town. It's now on the Roku channel of all places. That's an anime dub starring Nikolaj from fucking Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which is still yeah. weird to me. <laughs> yeah, Halloween's coming up. It's a perfect time to watch that movie. Cool. And we have some stuff on Tubi because there's someone at Fox with a good taste. A whole lot of Lupin is up on Tubi. We have Lupin Part 5. Bye Bye Lady Liberty, Dragon of Doom, Island of Assassins, Tokyo Crisis, and The Columbus Files. Cool beans. And there's more on Tubi. Night Hunters Eternity, Magic Knight Rares, Requiem from the Darkness, and Little Nemo Adventures in Slumberland. Oh my god, why do I recognize Requiem from the Darkness? Is that Does that have Steve Kramer in it? Uh, I do take a look. I think Reckless yeah. of the Darkness was like an old Seattle thing. They're not like a 
something to that effect? Um, TMS series from Jenny on, uh, Edo period, Stars Grant George. They aired on Sci-Fi in 2010. I feel like I remember seeing this on Sci-Fi. That's why it's like, oh, I yeah. feel like I recognize this. Yeah. But yeah, no, that's pretty cool. Yeah, this is very cool. Let me just take a quick look here. Cast, 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 cast. Uh, yes, Steve Kramer is in the show. Okay, cool. I remember watching that. I'm like, that sounds like the third Hokage. Yeah, uh, there's that. And there's even more stuff on 2B. Beat X and Beat X Neo, because why the hell not? I think this is this is one of those anime that was licensed from Anime Midstream, a company I genuinely think you've all forgotten about. Yes, and they got an English dub for it, too. Produced by Sound Caden Studios, I believe this was actually one of the first dubs Marissa Lenti ever worked on. Uh-huh. And this is the first time it's streamable anywhere. And it's on frickin' Tubi. Hey, if you want something retro and 90s that has a really good modern dub, go for it. Oh, they even list some of the cast. Uh, let's see, you got J. Michael Tatum, Amber Lee Connors, Caitlin Glass, Eric Vale, Brandon Potter, Josh Greeley, Alexis Tipton, Justin Briner, Tealyn Ballard, and Alejandro Saab, just to name a couple. I don't even think those are the main characters. I think that's just some of them. Anyway. Yeah. Alright, so there's that. Now we come to our last stop for this show. The Home Video Roundup. We're going to start with this just a Brief edition for Right Stuff, for what they have coming out on November 8th. The second set of Gundam Seed Destiny. Cool, cool, cool. Yes, very cool. Now we have Crunchyroll's December Slates. It's interesting. So we're going to start on December 6th with our first Ellie of the Month, first part of Season 1 of Jobless Reincarnation. Not shocked that Jobless Reincarnation is doing well enough to get the nice box treatment. Good for it. Good for it. We also have Part 1 of Season of season 1 of the Case Study of Vanitas. Great anime. Love this anime. Kind of a little disappointed it might be implying that uh, this is not gonna get a box or an LE yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of going off of the metric that uh, Roots t brought to my attention where it's like if it's a DVD and a Blu-ray that's a sign it's getting an LE and this is just a Blu-ray which is like eh, that's a bummer love to be proven wrong but Right now, yeah. that's that's what I'm going off of. Yeah, okay. All right. December 13th, we have Deep Insanity, The Lost Child. I don't remember any of that. Damn. Uh, I, I know it was an anime. I, I don't. 
Mixed Media Project from Square Enix and Ubisoft, of all companies. I don't... Okay, whatever. I uh, just uh, whip off the old uh, Lord of Rings game. I know nothing of this voice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. We have our, and we have our second Ellie of the Month. Uh, banished from yada 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 countryside. I was not expecting the fantasy wife guy anime to be the one to get the nicest looking LE of the month, but fucking here we go. It's got like a cloth, it's got a book, it's got a collectible stickers and cards. Like it looks like a nice set. I might enjoy the show. I've just yet to watch it, so I'm kind of indifferent. But I've heard this one actually might be worth a watch. So, hey, good for it. All right. On December 20th, we have part two of Scarlet Nexus. Sure. 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 And we have Demon Slayer Entertainment District Arc. I thought this had come out already. And I forgot that they released the arc of Mugen Train, and they released the movie of Mugen Train. So this is actually Entertainment District Arc. This is the new stuff. Yes. And it's coming out in December, so good for them. Yeah. Yep. And we also have our third LE of the month, My Villain Academia, a.k.a. Part two of season five of My Hero Academia. I had been wondering what the holdup for this one was. And it really was just to remove all signs of the fucking Funimation logo, wasn't it? Yeah. Also, Alex, I think you forgot one. What did I forget? Uh, Requiem of the Rose King. That I did. Uh, Requiem of the Rose King, part one. That's coming out December 20th as well. Dovecast that is very strong, and I will definitely get back to that one of these days. Same. Alright. Very meaty right before Christmas stuff. Yeah. Get get your pre-orders in for the Christmas uh, rush. But now we come to my birthday, December 27th. Let's see what Crunchyroll got me for my birthday. Not the best birthday gifts. I, yeah. I, like, I mean, Gibbons coming out in November, I'll take that, but what is this, guys? Anyway, December 27th, we have Seven Days War. I didn't even know this movie was licensed. It, this is the first I'm hearing of this. This is a movie that came out like two or three years ago, and I guess Crunchyroll's got it, and it's got a dub coming, so cool. To uh, pull a quote from Kim Morrissey's review of this movie from ANN, Seven Days War is okay, Boomer the movie. Okay. It's a movie based off of a social satire novel from 1985. What? Yeah. What? It's um. Hang on, hang on. Let, let me let me pull up something real quick here. 
there, there's something that I think would probably describe it uh, best. Ah, uh, here we go. It's basically this. Jesus. Yeah. And rounding things out, also out on December 27th, she professed herself pupil of the wise man. Yeah. I was expecting more from that one. I've watched like the first episode. I was like, wow, this is kind of not great. Yeah. And we're going to end things off with Sentai's December slate. Do y'all like re-releases? No? Too bad. But stick around to the end. There's going to be something really cool. Alrighty. Let's get through it. Yeah, so... The, the first three releases we have here are re-releases. So, December 6th, we have Beyond the Boundary and Monthly Girls Nosaki-kun. I'm just going to say I'm definitely not picking up one of these on principle alone. Yeah. And the other one is a very good show that I'm glad is still in their care. Actually, it's very stupid to say I'm going to consider picking up either of these. My girlfriend has both of these already. <laughs> Which means I have both of these already. Yeah, there's that. Uh, moving to December 13th, a re-release of Just Because. I think I own this one. I still yet to see it, but I've heard good things. Yeah. And the new release, up sub only, Toka gets on The Moonlight Lady Returns. This is apparently a big deal, actually, because this is like a mid-2000s thing that's like from an author people really like who did like an acclaimed Yuri visual novel, and people have been wanting this series licensed for years, and Sentai just kind of threw it under the rug. I, I just assumed this was something Sentai already had, but no, this is a new one, actually. Huh. Amazing, yeah. This came out back in 2007. Yeah, learn something new. Apparently, this show is... It's a show that airs backwards, chronologically. Okay. What? All right. Yeah, it's like Memento. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, 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 I don't know. All right. Uh, December 20th, another re-release of Chika the Coffin Princess. I think I have the last re-release, so I think I'm already good for there. But hey, good yeah. they still got Chika. Yeah, I have it on my shelf. Yep. And two re-releases to close things off. First, we have Season 3 of Teasing Master Takaki-san. I thought this was coming out. I'm kind of surprised to see this one coming out this soon. But then I was reminded, oh, this came out in, like, January. This This is, like, a year. That actually checks out. I guess I just assumed it was spring because that was when the dub came out. So, which which by this point, I would imagine Aaron has probably re-recorded the parts he was not able to record during his vocal rest. And is probably already doing the movie as we speak. Yeah. And we close things off with a big one. Newly announced to be licensed by Sentai. Carolyn Tuesday. 
Yeah, this one's pretty interesting and a very Freed from Netflix jail. Yeah, so I think uh, this one was particularly interesting because I think it was like back at Otakon, I think, where uh, was that, where High Dive was notably promoting Carol and Tuesday for reasons we did not know at the time. So back then I assumed, okay, maybe sometime I put this up and then uh, they had their panel and there was nothing. And I was like, okay, so I guess that was just like a weird thing and then a few months later, we got this, so I guess they just couldn't announce it yet. They wanted to wait before the skew to come out for them to announce it. Yeah. And there will be a premium box set coming soon. It's got You could get a slip cover if you want the standard vi- version from Sentai, and they have actually confirmed that they already have the dub for this one that was on Netflix. Saul Goodman, you've done it again. Uh, uh, sorry, uh, yeah, uh, you know what, I've already, like, made my thoughts on the dub very clear, I'm not gonna go over that again. If you would like to hear Jet's thoughts on the English dub of Carol and Tuesday, go check out the Dub Talk podcast. Look, we're at the end of the show, I can chill all I fucking want now, I'm tired. <laughs> yeah, very good for Sentai getting this out. The Tuesday before Christmas. Yeah, I'll say this, just because it was brought to my attention. So, at this point, Sentai has gotten three shows from the Plus Ultra TV block that were part of the the uh, Netflix Netflix deal they had going on. They got Ingress the Animation... They got Drifting Dragons, and now they have Carolyn Tuesday. I am really, really hopeful they got all the other titles that were part of that Plus Ultra Netflix deal. Yeah, I'd like to see them get on, uh, you know, uh, maybe to a little bit of their wild side. Yeah, because right, the other titles that would be part of that Plus Ultra Netflix Fuji TV thing are Revisions... Brand New Animal, Great Pretender, and B-Stars. I I don't care about revisions, but if Sentai got any of those other three, I would be fucking ecstatic. Yeah, I thought revisions was okay, but I am more interested in the others. Exactly. We shall see in time that AMC money is going to good use, obviously. And now I'm no longer worried about them having to redub these, which is nice. Yep. Amazing what uh, getting that Walking Dead money can do for a company. I guess so. Yeah. All right. And with that. This show is mercifully over. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'd say it's a good time to call it a night. <laughs> yes, it's time to call it a night. Any final words before we head out of here and prepare for... No. Everything? Um, uh, last thing I have to say is... Uh, Crunchyroll, have a sit down. Seriously, it's just a meeting. It's just a meeting. I would like to give props to every single artist who has drawn unique, different artistic renditions of Mob holding a sign saying, like, 
meet the union or just a meeting or something like that. It I've seen like four or five different pieces of art that have all popped up in the Crunchyroll Twitter mentions throughout the week. And it's kind of great. Yeah, uh, yeah. Actually, you know what? There is a note. There is an important note. I would like to note. I would like to go out on just because. Now, just because I hadn't seen that joke in a while, and it is probably this whole thing. Uh, Bob did not become a leftist meme for Crunchyroll to be pulling stuff over on unions. You're fucking right, and you should say it. Yeah. And so we end things off by letting all of you know. The fall season's about to begin. Oh, Christ almighty. Pace yourselves. Go slowly with everything. There's going to be a lot. It's, it's not a matter of how fast you, yes, you watch it. It's a matter of how you... you. God, I'm too tired. I can't even make a dick joke, right? Anyways, let's call it a night. Uh, yeah, let's call it a night. So thank you all for listening to this. For, <laughs> I can't even do my freaking outro right. Everything has gone wrong with this show. Thank you for listening. We hope you'll come back next time. Bye-bye. Okay, yeah, I'm off. Bye. Bye.